Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Today we're telling the story of South African Airways Flight 295. This is a two-part story, and we decided to release both episodes today. So uh, hopefully you enjoy that. Uh, you'll also notice following this intro that the audio quality is pretty different <laughs> on these episodes. My husband uh, mixed the audio and my mom got the microphone. So shout out to my family. Thank you so, so much. Hopefully you enjoy it and hopefully you enjoy this story. Thanks for listening. Okay, cool. Hi, Casey. Hi, Mariah. How <laughs> long <laughs> has it taken it's us? It's taken us approximately, ex- actually, exactly so, 31 minutes. Exactly 31 minutes, yep. So, darling friends, I don't know if you can hear the crystal yeah. clear quality of our voice voices, but we have a new audio equipment that we are using for this episode. Yep successfully i might add very successfully if you're hearing this it was a success so (laughs) uh, and if not then you'll no one will ever know but uh, so hopefully you enjoy this uh nice audio quality and uh you know we love i mean never too early in the episode to ask you to email us so uh (laughs) yeah someone's gonna send us a count one day oh my gosh like probably you've asked us to email you 798 times well, thanks for finally emailing us, bud. <laughs> Email us the number. <laughs> Email. <laughs> we love to yes. hear from you. So the podcast at gmail.com. It's fine. So today we're talking about <laughs> South African Airways Flight 295. This flight took place on November 28th, 1987. Smoking on planes. Smoking and on planes. insert insert uh audio clip here yes listen to stevie jambardini uh the uh, smoky airplanes will not come up as much as it does sometimes but uh our we talked about how planes sometimes have fun names and okay. this plane has a fun name, and it's the, Hel- yes. the Helderberg, yeah. like the Hindenburg. Right. Womp womp. Uh, the, yeah, the plane is flying from Chiang Kai-shek uh, airport in Taipei, Taiwan, to Johannesburg, South Africa, uh, with a layover in Plaisance, uh, Mauritius. So if you've got like your little map in your mind, uh, so what do we know about South Africa in 1987? Apartheid. Apartheid. So just, you know, like straight evil. Um, I looked before, like when I was planning this episode, I looked to see if we had any South African listeners and like maybe one. So if you're our maybe one South African listener, we love you. We we want to hear your stories. We want to know what you remember about this whole thing. Uh, Meaning the flight. If you want to tell us about apartheid, of course, we'll always down to learn. But uh, so I guess in case anyone doesn't know, apartheid was a policy of like forced segregation and subjugation of like non-white people in South Africa. Well, segregation for everybody. Subjugation of 
non-white people, but yeah. it's even more complex than that, right? Because there's like Afrikaans, like Afrikaner white people, British white people. I don't know. It's a complex yeah. system of dividing people by race. Um, and by 1987, the rest of the world had figured out that that was like not good and had sanctioned the shit out of yeah. South Africa. <laughs> so nobody fucks with South Africa, right? Nobody wants to hear, nobody talks to South Africa, tons of sanctions, uh, especially countries, other countries in Africa, um, countries in Africa that are still like heavily, are still run by their colonists uh, might talk to South Africa, but the rest of Africa really just doesn't. Mauritius is one of the places that will do like nominal business with um with SA and so Mauritius if you have like your little map in your mind Taipei is um you're looking at the the section of the globe that covers um from the east coast of Africa to uh China right so if you imagine that ocean in your mind right or there's other stuff in between there but that's the part of the globe you're looking at so Taipei is or Taiwan is an island um off the east coast southeast coast of Mm -hmm. china right and the plane is going to fly from there across the ocean because they can't really fly over land because nobody wants them in their airspace so they have to fly as the crow flies um over the ocean stop in mauritius right which is a small island off the east coast of africa and then fly the rest of the way to south africa so that first leg is long nine hours and the second or 10 hours i Mm. think the first leg is 10 hours and the second leg i think is like two so um but they have to refuel they can't do the whole thing in one go uh, the plane that can't do the whole thing in one go is our old friend, the 747 Combi. Yeah. Yeah. The, so, the official podcast's favorite plane. Yeah. I don't know about the Combi, but the, <laughs> but, but the 747 for sure. But the 747, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How do we feel about the Combi? I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. It's a good idea. I mean, I just love the 747 and I love that uh, it's a double decker. It's a double decker. It's a double decker, a plane. We can go upstairs. It's amazing. Exactly. So like the bars upstairs, yeah. maybe possibly. Yes. Yeah, it is. We it is. Because that's where first class is. Yeah. 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 Uh, the uh, 747 combi for anyone who uh, didn't catch the episode where we talked about it before. Uh, the combi. So a 747 already has an immense amount of space for people and cargo. Right. Every plane you've ever been on in all likelihood had um some cargo in the belly of the plane and obviously passengers because you were on it right yeah it just looks like a dolphin too oh the 747 it does the combi yeah Yeah. the the 747 so the the a combi from the outside right you'll think like it's a 747 but from the inside right the combi what they do is instead of having (laughs) just cargo in the belly they say we don't need all these people and they take some of the main deck which is like the middle section of the plane where most of the passengers are and it um sections off some of that main deck for more cargo so you can fit more cargo right. fewer people so like a regular 747 might be able to seat like 420 people a combi is going to have more like in the 200 people range depending on the configuration mm. mm-hmm. well and i think i'm thinking of the klm one specifically that looks like a dolphin 
No, I think they all. Do they? they totally is that is that a is that a combi though? The 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 KLM one. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. So yeah, okay. that was a combi. From the outside, it'll look it'll look the same, um, but from the inside, it has the ability to section off. It well, like we talked about it before, like the old school, like the the minivans that all of us had growing up, where you could take the yeah. seats out if you wanted to. It's basically that concept. You can take the seats out and put cargo right. in there, and. Um, for depending on like the airline it can make a lot of sense maybe you don't have a ton of passengers going from taiwan to south africa but having the ability to for example like trade heavily and and bring all that cargo can be very lucrative can be great um so this is a combi uh this particular plane on this particular day has uh 159 people on board 140 passengers five pilots five pilots and 14 cabin crew yeah so the five pilots are uh captain dowie he's 49 i'm guessing he's african africaner africans um africaner i think is what the people are africans is the language um because there's in Mm. the um in the uh cvr he uses uh he speaks that some so uh dawi yeah david is the first officer 36 jeff is the relief first officer he's 37 giuseppe bellagarda (laughs) is the uh, flight engineer uh he's 34 and then alan is the other flight engineer and why were there so many pilots yeah so it's just such a long flight right it's just such a long flight so you're going all the way from uh it's it's i think 12 or 13 hours of total flight time so and mauritius is a refueling stop not a place where they're going to swap out crew so they have to bring all of the crew that they're going to use on the flight um from taipei to johannesburg in other flights when they do layovers so um like the first volcano flight we did, the British Airways 9, the they just swapped crew. Remember, there were like six layovers or something on that flight. But every time oh, right, yeah. they, they would switch crew along the way, this plane has one crew that leaves Taipei and lands in uh, Johannesburg rather than picking up new crew in Mauritius. Mm, gotcha. So, uh, and so... Our beautiful uh, 747 Combi Flight 295 takes off from Taipei and flies for nine hours. Nine Mm. hours. It's a long flight. Super long flight. Super long flight. And nine hours in, they're about an hour from Mauritius. So they're about an hour from the refueling stop. And so at that point, nine hours in, uh, this is 1987, so the pilot's can fly nine hours straight uh nine hours in they swap out to the relief crew right so uh dowie is the captain i i tried to figure this out i don't totally get maybe it's just because it's the 80s and south africa so you can just abuse your pilots i don't know but dowie stays he's still the captain so he stays in the cockpit for the uh last hour of the flight they're an hour from mauritius the relief crew is going to land the plane so dowie stays um, but we got uh, Alan and Jeff. So Alan, Jeff, and Dowie are flying the plane, and Giuseppe and uh, 
and David uh, went to take a nap, basically. They went to their seats to relax um, for the landing. So right around that time, what they're doing is they're preparing to uh, land the plane, right? They're going to take the flight uh, through that last hour and actually land it in Mauritius. So they start to, you know, like, talk to air traffic control. Hey, we're an hour out or, you know, we're going to be preparing for landing. They start to get on a heading to head over, you know, toward them. They're just flying over the ocean, right? It's just, it's, it's Mm. ocean in, in every direction for hours and hours, uh, besides Mauritius, which is one hour away. Uh, right around that time where they do the crew swap, a fire alarm goes off. And the flight attendants are the ones who are in the cabin. They hear the flight, the fire alarm because it's like a cabin fire alarm. And uh, they have like a portable fire extinguisher. So the flight attendants uh, grab one of the fire extinguishers, extinguishers and runs to the back. And obviously a fire alarm went off. So in the ca- cockpit, they get like a fire alarm of their own. Um, and they, uh, you know professionals they spring into action they get you know what the uh, they get their checklist fire in the cabin or fire you know on the on board the plane they get their checklist out and they start to run through their checklist right and the checklist um has things that would like help um like keep the air clean like try to starve the um fire and stuff like that but the fire alarm has gone off in the main deck portion of the combi cargo hold. So instead of being, we've talked before about how when there's a uh, fire in the cargo, one of the things that the pilots can do is force all of the air out of the of the cargo hold, right? They can push all the air out using the pressurization of the plane, and that can help to starve the fire. It'll run out of oxygen. Mm, but mm-hmm. this is actually in that main deck cargo hold portion. So they Oof. can't, they can uh, like try to um, suck some of the air out, but it's not airtight in the way that the cargo hold can be, right? So as they're starting to go through their checklist, the uh, flight attendant opens the door to the cargo hold and it is blazing blazing oh, no. on fire and, like just oh, no. he takes the thing he uses up sh- uses up the entire fire extinguisher just trying to put it out um he the the smoke that's billing off of it is like noxious horrible like thick dense smoke so he does everything he can with the fire extinguisher comes back out coughing spurting tells the flight attendant like you have to tell the the pilots that it's it's really 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 flaming Uh, another flight attendant that runs over to get the other fire extinguisher so while the flight attendants are running around the plane getting all the fire extinguishers and turning into firemen right the they call the cockpit and uh the cockpit had gotten that message that there was a uh a fire alarm and they said like oh did you take care of it and they're like no 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 we did not take care of it it's bad it's really bad it's (laughs) flaming like visible huge tongues of fire in the cargo hold so the pilots uh what do you do you want to land the plane the the place we're already going is the only land anywhere near us right so there's no emergency diversion there's no going somewhere closer it's the ocean and then the place they were already going which is now still uh, you know about an hour away what 55 minutes away right so the 
the flight attendants are like running around, switching, taking turns, trying to like put the fire out. But it's just this raging, blazing fire in the in the cargo hold. And the cargo hold is, again, directly behind the passengers. So some of the flight attendants, you know, direct all the passengers to like get up and move as far forward as they can, as far away from the cargo hold in the back of the plane as they're able to. But even doing this mm-hmm. as the um, flight attendants run in and out, I mean, I can't even imagine they run into the cargo hold that they know is on fire that's totally full of smoke with a fire extinguisher with like a single little fire extinguisher and they have to close the door behind them to try to keep the smoke from billowing out and I just think about how scary that would be like for just a flight attendant right like flight attendants are are professionals right I don't mean to like say that they are not capable of this they literally are capable of this I just think about how scary it would be because you also know how dangerous it is like you're even more in touch with how dangerous the situation is and so they're running in shutting the door behind themselves and then spraying the with the fire extinguisher and then opening the door and they have to keep shutting it in between in order to keep uh fire from like more of the smoke but even as hard as they're trying to keep more smoke from getting into the cabin smoke is still pouring in and as it pours in it's just getting like dense and thick and just really 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 intense and smoky the passengers are obviously having a hard time breathing uh so the pilots right they they uh as they're trying really to do everything they can with like the different like valves and different pressurization like they're doing whatever's possible right they descend following their checklist to fourteen thousand feet so as they're descending now they call air traffic control in mauritius and say like you know uh we had a fire and uh, we are descending to 14,000 feet, like what's already happening. And there's one thing, again, like the language thing can be a little tricky. So the air traffic controller in Mauritius said, like, basically, like, declare an emergency, declare an emergency. And he says, yes, we're declaring a full emergency, like a full emergency. We're going to try to get there as fast as we can, but we're we're descending to 14,000 feet. The air traffic controller sets them up so that they're on a, a straight shot to the run way right directs them so they're just going to fly in one straight line right to the runway as the pilots are doing everything they can as the flight attendants are doing everything they can and the smoke is just getting thicker and thicker the flight attendants call up and say like people like cannot breathe like this is not like this is a really 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 serious problem the pilots get to a part um they have a checklist for smoke in the cabin And as they're going, check, 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 check through it, they get to a line that says, open the doors. No. Open the doors. Like the plane doors. Open the plane doors in the air. So they get down to 14,000 feet. These are, again, professionals. They're going to follow that checklist. They get down to 14,000 feet which, as you might know, is not actually like around the 10,000 foot uh, level where people can breathe easily. But at 14,000 feet, people aren't going to like immediately suffocate. And the pressurization isn't equal to outside of the cabin. So at 14,000 feet, if the uh if you open the doors right in a controlled way, it's going to suck all of the air that's in the cabin out. Right. Um, right. 
uh, like really rapidly, but not in an explosive way, right? In a controlled setting. So they drop the little mm. air masks down, right? But even with the air masks, the smoke is still like seeping into people's lungs. Oh. So they drop down to 14,000 feet. They slow the plane down. So the doors on the plane will not open if the plane is going at like regular speed. They slow it down as much as they can without stalling. They slow it oh down to God. 200 knots, I think. So which is 230 miles an hour. They tell the flight attendants, like, listen, get ready. You're going to open two of the doors like at exactly the same time uh, and you're just going to crack it. That's it. So don't like open it up wide. Just crack the doors. So then I wrote it down. So the announcement, so right before this, they call the flight attendants. They said, get ready to open the doors. Uh, that's, it's going to suck you out a little bit. So you got to be careful, right? Uh, and and you're going to get kind of pressed to the side of the thing, right? Get ready. And uh, he makes an announcement. Dowie says, this is Captain Dowie speaking. We are opening two of the doors to clear the smoke from the cabin. Do not panic. Mm. You will be much more comfortable once you we complete this procedure. And Jeez. so they get down to that. They're at 14,000 feet. They slow the plane down just enough. And then they tell the flight attendants to crack the doors. And they both crack the door at the same time. And instantly, you know, it's like a tornado in the cabin, right? All of the right. air just rushes past them. All of the smoke, everything just God. like woof, out of the cabin. But it, as they do that, the air getting spread around the plane yeah pushes smoke up into the upper deck where the pilots are and of course their doors are open because it's 1987 and pours yep. smoke into the um the cockpit so as the smoke pours mm. in they you know yell and like one of them gets up and shuts the door but there's no door to open in the cockpit right there's nothing they can do so they have their masks on but the smoke pours in and and obscures their vision as this is happening they're losing more and more of their instruments as the fire eats through the wiring they're communicating oh, so as the as they're getting closer and closer the air traffic controller you know asks um like what's your exact position right where are you exactly right now and they said like we don't know like we don't know our instruments are not working and they're like losing more and more of their instruments but they're on a straight heading and they're at fourteen thousand feet uh the smoke is getting sucked out of the doors out of the cracks in the doors but there's just more and more smoke smoke it's just like infinite smoke so even as the air rushes around the smoke is just still billowing out of the cargo hold the flight attendants are still running back and forth using every single solitary fire extinguisher that they have just running back and forth back and forth through the smoke i mean their eyes must have been burning so badly like just the black noxious smoke so at 408 a.m. The air traffic controller calls them to see where they are and gets no answer. Mm. And he keeps calling and calling and he gives them directions because he doesn't know if maybe it's possible they can hear him, but the communication is broken. Maybe the wires have gotten eaten through or something. So he keeps talking to them and calling them, giving them directions. That is what air traffic controllers are taught to do. Um, and it's, it's what right. they did during uh, like space missions. You know, you just keep talking because maybe they can hear you even if you can't hear them and they're going to need that information. So he kept talking to them, calling them, calling them. After 36 minutes, 
they declared an emergency. Uh, the the rescue workers mm. who had gathered at the airport stayed, but they had uh, like military planes and rescue boats took off and searched for eight hours for eight hours. Oh, boats word. searched the waters, planes searched the sky until finally they found debris in an oil slick. There were mm. eight bodies floating in that area. They mm. recovered the bodies and some, you know, just the general debris that had actually floated to the top, some of what they had. They collected what they could. Yeah. And in the debris, like, there was uh, three watches. One of the watches had stopped and two of the watches were still running. And using oh, wow. those watches, they were able to determine what had the time of the impact and it was 4.11. So three minutes after they lost communication, the plane crashed. Yeah. Oh, wow. So with this flight, the investigation was going to be very, 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 very challenging. Right. They don't have the black mm. box. They don't have the plane. They don't have enough information because really from the air traffic controller's position, all they had really gotten was that there's a fire on board, smoke in the cabin, and that yeah. they're you know going to land here as fast as they can. And now they don't have the plane. So Jeez. Um, the investigation portion of this is, is very, very intricate and a lot of different factors kind of like run in and out of it because uh, a 747 is one of the you know at this time especially was was one of the planes that like moved the more the most people the most cargo of any other plane right this is a major major plane and no 747 had ever crashed as a result of a um of a fire that had just never happened with a 747 before. Mm. So uh, it's also like the combi, which is very popular and, and airlines really liked using them, you know, the airlines for whom it made sense. And so there's this idea that we really, really, really need to get to the bottom of this. And in order to get to the bottom of this, you have to find a plane that is at the bottom of the ocean. And so, right. yeah. So uh, next episode is going to be about the investigation and uh, we guys listen to the investigation episodes. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> wow. It's crazy that they found the bodies. Eight, eight bodies. Yeah. Everyone on board was, yeah. was killed. Um, but I, I it's, yeah. it's amazing to imagine like the bodies that they found. Uh, we'll talk about it more in the investigation, but there is information, right? Anything you find gives you information, right? Like from that like detective yeah. mind, investigator mind, anything you find will give you some data. So the bodies that they found, um, we'll talk more about it, but the the physical trauma on the bodies was very extreme. And mm. um, I guess we'll we'll get more into the cause of death specifically and things like that. So... Yeah, it's a crazy story. It's a crazy yeah. story. So I look forward to telling it. Yeah. And and yeah, that is wild. 
But did they did they really name the plane after Hindenburg? I know. Or is Helderberg like a part of? Because that's really fucking it's morbid. It's so if they morbid. Did. No, they didn't name it after the Hindenburg. They. I don't. Let me see if I can even find why they named it that. Because in South Africa, I think this is called like the Helderberg disaster. Or. Um, oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Well, and for I guess for those who don't know about the Hindenburg. Oh yeah. Maybe we'll do an episode on that. Uh, that. That would, I would actually love that. Yeah, we could do it. That would be fun. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Oh, fun. You get it. You get it, guys. Well, you get it. You get it, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, no, I would really like to do that. If you guys want stories like that, like I I really want to do like Amelia Earhart and things like that. Like I want to do those stories. So if that's something that particularly interests you and you would rather that was sooner rather than later, uh, let me know. Um, The Mm. Helderberg, I'm trying to see it's just the Helderberg, I guess, is a is a, a region of South Africa. Helderberg. Oh, okay. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I guess that's it. Yeah, like the yep. county yep. of Glamorgan or whatever, like our other plane. Right, right, yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. It's interesting that they named him after. Okay, I was gonna say. Well, it's very close, right? It's very close. Yes, and to have yes. like really both German, right? And to have like really the same thing happen, right? Like. Yeah, that's why I was like, wait a minute, that's really not I know. okay. <laughs> that, that would be, I don't know. Don't tempt fate, right? Don't name your your boat Titanic right. too. Like, just don't, <laughs> don't do right. it. Well, because then again, just like how I think that if God forbid, if you or I ever like die in a plane crash, like people will be like, isn't that funny? <laughs> like, isn't that quirky and fun? Like, right? no, it's horrible. <laughs> like, I, I, <laughs> okay, but I hope people are like, oh my god. That it's kind of funny. Oh. Or how ironic. They tie doing what they love. No. <laughs> no. None of our family and friends would fly in a oh plane again. I, I'm trying to think. It's really hard. Ty would never fly in a plane again. Bless him. No. My God. My husband. Yeah. No. He could barely fly yeah. now. He's. He's. I'm. I think I'm impressed by Ty. I'll say it like that. I'm impressed by. By Ty's willingness to like overcome that. Because a lot of people just cannot. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he flew on Spirit Air for God's sakes. Like he really overcame that's a over, lot. That's yeah. Granted, that's real. <laughs> granted, he didn't know what Spirit Air was. Okay. I mean, until he got oh. on it and was like, "I will murder you," and booked a jet. <laughs> oh, that's a jet right. Blue he did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> on the way back, JetBlue uh, is nice. I like JetBlue. Yeah, I love yeah. JetBlue. I I um. I mean, JetBlue's whole, like, business model is so different. Same with Southwest. Like, they're just, they're uh, basically, you know, they, they don't, you can't fly to Paris or whatever on them, right? Like, they're not global airlines. Right. But they also, I think, have a much more humane approach to how they treat their employees mm. than uh, Delta yeah. or American. And I assume United. Like, I just. Well, and that's, yeah, that's just going to make a difference all the way around. Because everybody's happier. Exactly. 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 Yeah. No, it's I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that I know that there are people. Well, let's not get into all of it. But people who I know a lot of people <laughs> who are very, very happy working for Delta Mainline. Um, and yeah. if you're going to have your career in aviation, uh, Delta Mainline is probably a great way to go. But I will never forgive delta for what they do to dgs or like their contractors Mm. they do not deserve my forgiveness so 
but yeah. and no. I don't certainly no. not. And like AA United, I mean, everybody has like a system of having contractors, and it's it's easy. I don't know. It's easy to pay some of your employees well if it's on the back of employees you don't care about. So I don't know. Right. Yeah. But, exactly. Yeah, this is why some people will never actually be able to be on this show because we just like made a decision right. to to <laughs> not I don't know, not cover for airlines, I guess, but yeah, yeah, no. I think it would be really difficult for this podcast to work if we if we tried to cover or not even cover cuz we we're not those no. type of people, but like not discuss it at depth of how we're feeling. I don't think it would yeah. work. And it would just, I don't know, I, I feel like, I always swore that if I had any power, I would use it to destroy Delta. I don't know if that's going to get me put on a no-fly yeah. list. So, like, Casey, like, editor's <laughs> note, take this out. No-fly for no Delta. No-fly for Delta, right. Which, if, listen, friends, family, people I love, <laughs> if Delta puts me on the no-fly list because I say that, uh, that, I'm going to, I'm going to call the New York Times. Like, somebody's going to find out that Delta's like oh, a yeah. petty bitch. And, <laughs> like, because I right. said that I, I, I mean, I'm not going to just... The destroy thing, people would take it out of context and be like, oh, it's like violence or whatever. Not violence. Not violence. Right. No, not no, no, violence. No. I have no interest in harming. And if you actually knew Casey as a person, <laughs> the idea of violence yeah. is comical. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it's much more like, um, I just think that, I think that all of the airlines um, who have like really abusive practices should i wish there was a i wish there was more attention paid um where there's a story like mariah doesn't know this story and it is one that we're kind of figuring out how to tell or i'm i guess kind of figuring out how to tell <laughs> because i won't let mariah help because yeah. it has to be a surprise but um <laughs> the i guess story uh it's seattle right which if you know what i'm talking about you know um I nope. wish that when that happened, that people had taken the way that like ramp workers particularly or everybody that works in aviation, the way mm. that they're treated and just how what that experience can be like. Um, I wish that had gotten more attention, yeah. but the rest of that story got all the attention. So, yeah, mm. but friends, that's the first half Jeez. of the story of South Africa. Two nine five. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot. I know. They tried so hard. I mean, they opened the doors in flight. Yeah, that's extreme. Yeah, that's really, really extreme. They went for it so hard. They tried so hard. I just don't get that. Because wouldn't oxygen encourage a fire more if you open the well, doors? Spoilers, Mariah. Oh, no, shit, it's okay. Sorry. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, like, no, no. The fact that it was on the checklist is odd to me. Right. And that's kind <laughs> Open of. Open the doors. Like, we knew what fire did in the 1980s. Yeah, no, no, you're right. And we'll we'll talk more about, like, um, I guess, do you want a spoiler, friends and family? Since probably some of you are just going to look it up after you hear this anyway. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah, just give us a little spoiler. Okay, we love so it. So basically. I guess the uh, there's checklists for like if there's a fire on board and there's a checklist for smoke in the cabin and the smoke mm. in the cabin checklist assumed without telling it presumed that the fire was already out. Uh, right. Uh, but the pilots didn't know that the pilots. And the other thing is, again, if you think about no. it from the pilot's perspective, they're not like 
they're not down there like seeing the fire. You know what I mean? They're not like in there and it's not that they don't take it seriously at all, but they're not, um, they're dealing with the smoke right now. Smoke is we're, we're getting smoke. Well, I guess not at that point, but people are going to choke and die. We're going to land a plane full of dead people who died of smoke inhalation, right? Like they're taking care of like the, this very major immediate problem. And they know the flight attendants are, are doing what they can to try to put the fire out. Like they're doing what they can to put the fire out, but there's this imminent immediate people will die of smoke inhalation. Cause there's not, you can't live very long at all inhaling smoke. Right. So what if they, no, if they didn't right. open the doors, everybody would have been dead anyway, you know? Maybe yeah. they would have survived. Yeah, and to be true. clear, like any life saved, right? Like if they have the pilots had survived and landed a plane or just the people on the upper deck or whoever, like any survivors would be better. But they also can't you can't come up with everything, right? Like you can't kind of be all seeing, right? It right. is weird, like to be more right. in touch mentally, especially with such a huge plane as a seven four seven, like a big yeah. ship or a big plane. Like you, I don't know. You've I've never been on a cruise. You like the idea of a cruise, like a cruise that idea yeah. appeals to you. And it's crazy how big the ships I, are. Just to do it once, yeah, they're huge. huge. Like a cruise. It's funny. Everyone on my dad's side of the family thinks that cruises are like the grossest thing oh, on the really? planet why gross <laughs> they're horrified by the i don't know they're just that i don't know who knows <laughs> gotcha. um but i don't know like they just it's it's fascinating to me how that whole operation works oh yeah yeah i've known some people who worked on cruises and i think that um it probably depends on the cruise line it probably depends on like the route but um i think for yeah. I think that it's a, I think it's a fascinating job. Like the same way that I think, yeah, aviation yeah. is like a pretty interesting job in my opinion. Um, yeah. yeah. Like being my, like a chef on a cruise. Oh, it just seems like. I was just going to say Peter, my stepdad oh, that's was. right. Yeah. For like, for years, right before he and my mom got together when I was real little, he was the kosher chef on, Gosh. I forget what cruise line it was, but he like went to jamaica all the time yeah. like all yeah. the time and he loved it he was like it's the it was the best time of uh, his life yeah it seems really cool it seems like there would be yeah. i knew some um oh yeah so the country that we want a shout out from it should be south africa but i'm like not sure if anybody who listens to us lives in south africa if you do just so you know it is actually your responsibility to email us and send us a picture of your backyard (laughs) it doesn't literally have to be your backyard but but um if we're gonna do two this time because i don't think anybody i don't know if anyone actually listens to us in south africa so um but somebody does listen to us in sweden so if you are the swedish listener i have a hard time imagining that uh that swedes would listen to all our banter (laughs) maybe i'm wrong it's not an insult i just think maybe (laughs) maybe a more a more stoic people but um if you are a swedish listener (laughs) we love you and please email us a picture of your house or uh, send it to us on Instagram or not your house, but your backyard, your house is fine. Anything really. Um, but they, I knew some guys who were like sailors or whatever, like their whole deal was they like wanted to work on ships 
but not like necessarily cruise ships like they wanted to work on like vessels that do all the kinds of because anything like these rescue ships right there's rescuers on them but there's the people who like maintain the ship you have like different all of the different things that boats are doing around the world there's like the primary purpose of the ship and then there's people who like work on the ship does that make sense like people who like take care of the ship maintain the ship float the ship drive the ship what do you (laughs) float the ship (laughs) float the ship down the sea guide the ship steer Steer the ship is that what it would be i think float the ship ship. i'm gonna call it drive the boat drive the boat (laughs) yeah fly the boat drive the boat steer the ship steer i'm sure all of these are actually fine listen we're not a ship podcast i don't know what people expect we are not we are not and and we are a plane podcast and only casey has (laughs) any idea what's going I think, on but we agree that ships are cool so if you've worked on a ship that's really cool yeah and and right. all of that literally all of that that entire thing was just to say that if you're on a ship like everything is like you're far away from everything else right like the the yeah. times where yeah. ships have sunk or like god bless whoever was driving that driving floating whatever that boat that blocked the canal the Suez canal or whatever right like you're real far away from everything else i don't know it just seems like unwieldy and so like the pilots of a 747 right they they are their primary responsibility their biggest responsibility is to like try to land the plane safely but again they they want to make sure people can breathe right they really want to make sure people can breathe and again they were willing to take this really extreme step um just trying mm. everything just trying everything yeah yeah god bless him yeah seriously do you have a fact i do have a I fact hear the fact um so it's kind of a funny fact and i have like the answer to the fact i guess so i don't know if it's a fact it's a fact <laughs> i'm struggling with these facts now <laughs> <laughs> i'm ready I'm, I'm buckled in give me your fact well it's not a fact okay so did you know that you can only swallow two or three times until you can't swallow anymore if you try to swallow okay. right now more than three times can you do it more asmr for us i know right uh i don't think i can but is is it but if I'm drinking something, right. I can swallow. It's because... Okay. Right. But it's because, yeah, because you don't have any more spit in your mouth. Wait. That's why your body's like, no, I <laughs> can't fact. swallow. Wait, Mariah. <laughs> Mariah. This- I saw it on TikTok and I was blown away. <laughs> I was blown... Because obviously, like, you can't swallow nothing. Right? Right. 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 <laughs> But it's like one of those things, those body tricks, yeah. you know, that you pull out at a party and then you you say the punchline. It's like, yeah, no, no. shit. <laughs> Obviously. I like saw it and I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. No. And then they were and then they were like, yeah. No, I'm not trying to because be Because like you that. don't have anything no, to swallow. No, it's just a very, it's just, you're absolutely right. It's a fact. It's a fact. <laughs> that is a fact. It's like a how fact. you can't kiss your elbow. It is a literal like fact. You can't kiss your elbow. Exactly. Yeah. But I've never heard the swallow. Like I've heard all. I've thought I heard most of the body yeah. ones, but the the spit one was very new to me all this right. week. I'm trying to do new facts. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Keep it fresh. Keep it light. New, like what I'm learning. Yeah. What I'm learning this yeah. week. Whatever 
that if you don't, yeah, if you don't have any any spit to swallow in your mouth, you can't swallow. Yeah, it's true. Because obviously, what are you going to swallow? (laughs) You can like, well, right, because that's (sighs) the whole like action of swallowing is like a really interesting like thing in your neck, like the way your muscles all like work together to like keep you from choking. Right. And and it is really intricate. Like if you do drink something and like lay your hand on your throat or whatever and drink something, you can like feel the I don't know. It's cool. Bodies are great. Isn't it cool? Yeah. 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 And this fact is dedicated to Casey's mom. Why? <laughs> because it's a it's a medical oh, yes. fact. <laughs> Shout out to you, mom. I was talking to my mom the other day and I said something about like, is it okay that we mentioned you this one time? And she's like, I think you mentioned me every week. And I was like, Yeah, okay. Because <laughs> we love you, mom. All right. Yeah. 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 We can mention my dad too. Hi, Dad. Well, yeah. Hey. Yeah. Don't swallow three times. Can't, you can't can't be done can't be done so the uh so email us in case we didn't mention this before in case we didn't mention my mom or emailing us let's get to it so the pod crashed at gmail.com tiktok nope uh yeah tiktok yeah. uh instagram the pod crashed. Yeah, TikTok. and um we our hangout has already happened in just when we're taping this it hasn't happened yet but i hope you were there my heart just sank that i missed oh, God. <laughs> It's like shit. Oh no! Yeah, she didn't say anything that I missed. Oh, I would have said something. Don't worry. Don't worry. I would have told yeah, you. Yeah, I, I figured. Yeah. <laughs> We're supposed to be together, right. so it's fine. It would be very. It'd be a bizarre thing not to mention <laughs> if I just like did it and was like, "Well, we had a good time." Oh, by yeah. the way, that would be very, very strange behavior. Um, we do have. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it's it's objectively too early to say anything like this. Um, you guys have actually been telling your friends and we really appreciate it and we would like you to keep doing that because it's been really really fun to watch this grow and we're still like microscopic obviously but um but it's really really fun to like have you know new people right new people like sharing what they know new people sending us pictures of their houses or their backyards and like new people just getting into it and um for me probably the most fun thing it probably is when people uh, like contact us in some way and are talking about mm-hmm. the people we talk about in these stories, like by their first names. And maybe that's like very particular to me that I'm, I think mm. that that's more like intimate, but it's, it's yeah. cause they're people like they're people who, who, who yeah. I could have worked with. They're people that you could work with. They're people that you could like be yeah. behind in the grocery store. Like everybody involved in these stories is just, uh, you know, David Dowie, like just people, yeah. Um, yeah. So we love hearing from you, and thank you, thank you for telling people. Please continue to tell people um, about our show if you enjoy it. If you haven't already, if you're listening to this right now on a device where you can go to Apple Podcasts and give us a review, uh, that would be awesome. We have, uh, I think, with podcasts, Apple is like by far and away the most popular place to listen to podcasts. But most Mm -hmm. of the people who listen to us are actually on Spotify. Um, And we love you. If you're listening to this on Spotify, we love you. Um, But it does mean that the Apple algorithm is ignoring us. (laughs) So if you could help us out with that, that would be (laughs) awesome. Um, And the next week we'll do uh part two of this story and um talk more about the investigation uh which is in the investigation 
I, I do want to talk a little bit more about apartheid and kind of how that impacted everything. And um, so yeah. next week's episode will, um, well, they're all kind of different, right? Every episode is kind of different. But the episode next week, we are going to talk some about apartheid and um, what it's like to be doing an investigation during a time of, of tremendous upheaval in a nation mm. and all that. So, yeah something yeah. to look forward to yeah so this one's a little short but tomorrow tomorrow next week's probably gonna be long so <laughs> yeah yeah don't look for the episode tomorrow cool. it's not gonna come out tomorrow <laughs> next week no it's not yeah but it will come out so all right thank you for the fact mariah yes of course yeah. save your life yeah. <laughs> all right i love you i love you right, we love you guys bye, bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Pod Crashed. We so hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Part two of this week's episode is available now. Hopefully you enjoy both episodes. Uh, We love you so much and we wanted to give you this whole story in uh, one big bite. So uh, if you notice anything that we got wrong or if you have expertise or knowledge to share about the technical side of things or the historical side of these stories, we would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening.